Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Go to Luke chapter 10, verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. And then he said to them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, I pray or pray, therefore pray that the Lord of the harvest is to send out laborers into his harvest. So everyone say the harvest is ready. The laborers are few. We need laborers, people. We need, we're mobilizing laborers here into the harvest. Amen. And he said, go your way. Behold, I send you as lambs among wolves. So you're going into the realm of the demonic, realm of the enemy. You're going into the strongholds of the enemy. You're going into where wolves, wolves represent spirits. So you, you, the environment you're going into is not a friendly environment. It's a dangerous environment. Amen. The environment you're going into is an environment full of enemies that want to devour. I'm sending you as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals. Greet no one along the road, but whatever house you enter first, say peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you, and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter they do not, and they do not receive you, Go out into its streets and say, the very dust of your city which clings to us we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. And go down to verse 17. Then the 70 return with joy. Saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. Hallelujah. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority. Everyone say authority. That's that word exousia. Exousia, which is authority, which is power of attorney. When you give power and attorney to an attorney, you give them power to represent you. They can go and do things in your name. Amen. So that, that word exousia means power of attorney, that Jesus has given us power of attorney. Because they said, in your name, in my name, 
Demons are subject to us in your name. When you use the name of Jesus against demon spirits, it's like Jesus speaking to them. Amen. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather you rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now, what does that mean? The fact that your names are written in heaven. That means you're seated, right? You're seated in the heavenly realm. You're seated in that place of authority, the position of authority. We are jointly seated together with Jesus Christ, okay? And our authority comes from our positioning. And I spoke about righteousness this morning. That's very important to understand because if you are unrighteous, how do you have power over unrighteousness if you're unrighteous? Remember, Jesus was going around casting out evil spirits, and they said he's doing that by the power of Beelzebub. Beelzebub means Lord of the Flies, which is another name given to Satan or Lucifer or the devil. So, and, what Jesus is, and then what Jesus said, how can Satan be against himself? A house divided cannot stand. If I am casting out evil spirits by the power of Beelzebub, then that means Satan is already divided among itself. No, that doesn't happen. Amen. So, and you will be accused. When you're moving in the supernatural, when you're moving in the power of the Holy Ghost to get people set free, healed, delivered, casting out devils, there's going to be a lot of opposition. There's going to be a lot of attacks because the devil doesn't want anyone to come in the power of the Holy Ghost and with the authority of the name of Jesus and to wreak havoc in his camp. So he's going to try to come against you. He's going to push back. There's going to be a resistance. He's going to stir up religious people to persecute you. He's going to stir up people whose hearts are not right, basically to persecute you, to lie about you, to even other Christians and, and other people to speak against you and so to get you to back off. The purpose of persecution and criticism and attacks against supernatural ministry, the ministry of healing, the ministry of casting out devils, is to get you to back down. So what happens when that happens, when that comes against you, you press in even further. Oh, devil, you're going to try that? I'm going to come against you double. I'm going to come again. I'm, I'm really coming after you now. You're not going to stop me. So you have to understand when it comes to the ministry of casting out demons, which is actually the believer's ministry. It's not the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers' ministry. It's included in there, but it's the believer's ministry because Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, which we looked at last week, these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. That's the first sign of a believer because the believer is now authorized to use the name of Jesus to cast out demons. Every believer should be in the business not only of soul winning, but laying hands on the sick to heal them, but also casting out demons. You have been authorized to cast out demons. And this is the 70, not even the 12. The 12 was among the 70. So he sent the 70 out and they returned with joy. Saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Now, I've seen some people that are in the deliverance ministry. They look so depressed. 
I have a deliverance ministry. You look like you've been through hell and back. I don't know what kind of deliverance ministry you're running. I'm fighting the devil. That's the problem. You're always fighting the devil. There is no fight. The fight's all, all over. It's done. Jesus already knocked him out, already trampled over him, triumphed over him. And he tells us to go trample on snakes and scorpions, wolves, snakes, scorpions. These are the, some of the names that are used to describe these evil spirits in the Bible. They're wolves. They're ferocious. They attack. They're looking for someone to devour. They're snakes. They slither around, lying, forked tongue. And they're scorpions. They're poisonous. That's why you have to watch yourself and not get poisoned. There's a lot of people out there who've been poisoned by false doctrine, lies, deception, offense. And they're looking to poison other people. Sting them. Bite them. Watch yourself. Protect yourself that you don't get bit by a poisonous believer. <laughs> Unbeliever. I don't even know how you call somebody like that a believer. But So you have to understand. You have to watch yourself. We've been given authority. Now go with me to Ephesians chapter 2. I want to show you something here in Ephesians chapter 2. You're not allowed to get up. <laughs> Stay down there. If you want to take notes, you can go back and watch it later. I'm expecting 100 pages of notes from tonight's message. <laughs> Stay down there under a heavy anointing. Go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. Notice, the course of this world. The course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. Prince of the power of the air. What does that mean? Well, it's talking about the earth realm, the atmosphere, the first heaven. When Jesus said, I saw Satan fall as lightning, see, he was cast out of third heaven, down to the earth, to the first heaven. And he's called the prince of the power of the air. And he rules the world system. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So anybody that's disobedient to God is under the prince of the power of the air. So if you just walk down, down the street, just pull some random guy on the street. Man, you know, you're under the power of the prince of, you know, <laughs> of the air. You know, you're under Satan's power. They look at you like uh, they, they don't even understand it. Right. Somebody that's unsaved does not understand that they're actually in that realm and they're actually ruled by that spirit. They don't understand that. Most people have no understanding that they're actually ruled by the enemy. So he has this authority 
in the earth realm. Jesus called him the God of this world. How did that happen? Well, Adam gave it over to him. Adam was to rule. Adam was the prince. Adam was made the prince of this earth realm, but he basically turned over his authority to the enemy, to the devil, through the deception, through the fall, and he usurped authority. So you have to understand the way that Satan operates, he's always looking to usurp authority that is not his. He tried to usurp authority in heaven through the five I wills, which we looked at last week. I will, I will, I will, I will. He wanted to be like God. I will be like the Most High. And then God said, absolutely not. And then he cast him out of the third heavens to the earth. And then he was here. He was here when Adam and Eve were created. So a lot of theologians believe that what happened there, the, the gap theory or the first flood theory that you see in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, that the earth was dark, yeah. void, yeah. darkness was on the face of the deep. Now, you know, God doesn't create anything dark or void. That's not like God's nature. Right. Darkness and void and emptiness and and, and the Hebrew word there is for, actually it could also mean chaos. So there was like chaos on, on the earth. Well, God wouldn't, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But why would the earth be dark, void, chaotic, and then the Spirit of God comes moving and hovering over the earth? So a lot of people believe that there was a first flood. There was another flood that took place that when... Lucifer fell from heaven, the first, what was on the earth, like the dinosaurs and the ancient world was basically destroyed. And if you actually think about it, what is the theory that there was a meteor, meteor that fell and destroyed, you know, the previous creation, the dinosaurs and everything, because it makes no sense for dinosaurs and men to exist together. It doesn't even make sense, Right? And so we looked at one of the theories of where demons come from is that there was a pre-Adamic race and these became the disembodied spirits of the pre-Adamic race and that these are called demon spirits because they're disembodied, they're always looking to embody themselves. They're always looking to enter into someone's body. That's why they like to possess people. That's why they like to gain entrance. Now, that's a theory that some, you know, again, like I said, there's three different theories of where demon spirits come from. Are they fallen angels? That's one theory. A third of the angels that fell with Lucifer. But demon spirits seem to be a different class of being than fallen angels. Second theory is that they're part of the pre-Adamite race, the disembodied spirits of those beings. But that's also a little bit weak because, like, why would that happen? You know, what was, you know, was there a pre-Adamic race? And then the third theory is the, that they're the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim or the hybrid race of beings that became disembodied in the flood of Noah, which some believe is the second flood. You can argue all day long with what those three, and there's you know, pros and cons of each, but it doesn't really matter. Ultimately, God doesn't really give us a clear answer. We do know a lot of things clearly about Lucifer, Satan, the enemy, we know about the leader. The Bible tells us a lot about their leader, but we're not necessarily told a lot about the peons, you know, but the demon spirits, but it doesn't really matter. 
where they come from, the fact that they are here, that's the only thing that matters. What the Bible does tell us is not necessarily where they come from, but the Bible does, does tell us about who they are or in terms of nature, how they are, what they do, right? Their modus operandi, which is how they operate. And we're given a lot of different names for different spirits based on their operations. That's what we know. That's what we are given a lot of information about in the Bible. And that's what really matters. I mean, when a thief comes into your house, you don't really care where he came from, do you? Do you really care if a thief is in, uh, which country are you from? Where were you born? Uh, um, what's, you don't really care. You know one thing though, he's there to what? Steal, Steal, possibly kill and even destroy. And you go for the shotgun and put some slugs in it. You take that Mossberg you won at the raffle. Pray in tongues and pull the trigger. I don't know what you'd have to do, but in the name of Jesus, one, two, three. I mean, I don't know. I know the Europeans cannot handle this. They think we Americans are nuts. You Americans and your guns. You can say all you want. But we got, we got Holy Ghost guns. But what I'm saying is when you're dealing with demon spirits, you got the weapons of your warfare that are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down strongholds. You got the name of Jesus. You got the power of the Holy Spirit. You got the anointing. Amen. You got authority. In the name of Jesus, you got power by the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing. So you've got, you've got weapons to use against them to get the victory, to cast out demons. When Jesus said, you will cast out demons, he means you will cast out demons. That means you will drive them out. You will evict them. You'll actually get rid of them. You'll speak to them. You'll command them, and they have to obey you. He didn't say try it. He said you will cast out demons. Behold, I give you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, and no power of the enemy shall by any means hurt you. What Jesus said, he meant. We have to believe it. Are you a believer or are you a doubter? I don't know if that's going to work for me. Then you're a doubter. You're not a believer. And Jesus said this will only work for the believers, not doubters. Hallelujah. He says, you were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that is still constantly, that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the careless, the rebellious, the unbelieving, ooh, who go against the purposes of God. So here's the thing. If you disobey the word of God, you open yourself up to come back under the power of this prince. Now, it's very interesting because Jesus is called the prince. He's the prince of peace. But then, because prince means a ruler. Prince is a ruler. But Lucifer, Satan... The enemy, the devil, he is the prince of the power of the air. He's a bag of hot air. 
He makes himself look, Bible says, like an angel of light. He makes himself look like what he more than is. That's why when the day comes, we'll actually look at him and go, is this the one that ruled the nations and terrorized them? This thing? Wow. We made him such a big deal. And that's called the power of deception. He puffs himself up. He makes himself look bigger than he really is. And unfortunately, Christians give him more credit than he deserves. There used to be a movie. Remember, honey, I blew up the kids, or I shrunk the kids. Then he blew, I blew, honey, I blew up the kids. And the church plays that movie, honey, I shrunk God and I blew up the devil. It's almost like God is this little God and the devil is this big devil. And it's actually not. And then there's a lot of things that the devil's not even doing. It's not even demon spirits. It's just flesh. It's people's flesh. Remember, the flesh is also carnal and sinful and evil. And the flesh is against God. The desires of the flesh actually are opposite to the desires of the spirit and strives against and resists the spirit of God. So sometimes it's not even, you, know, you can't cast out the flesh. You can't cast out stupid. So sometimes we're trying to cast things out. It's not even a spirit, it's just the flesh. And you say, Pastor, I have a demon. No, you got a flesh problem. You need to put your flesh under. You rule by the flesh. Now, if you do allow the flesh to rule you, then it can allow the enemy, it can allow evil spirits to come in. That's what happens. That's how many Christians come under the control of evil spirits. Because people always ask the question, can a Christian have a demon? A Christian can have whatever he or she wants to have. Not only can you have a demon, you can have 10 demons if you want. You go into the enemy's territory, you start living in sin, you start snorting cocaine, you start smoking weed, you start watching pornography, you start fornicating, you can open yourself up to all kinds of spirits, even as a Christian. You can be born again and still come under the power of the enemy because you're in disobedience. And that spirit will begin to rule over a Christian if the Christian doesn't renew his or her mind, if the Christian allows offense and bitterness and resentment and jealousy and lust and perversion in his or her life, they can easily come under the control of evil spirits. And then, yes, there are many Christians that actually love Jesus, but they come here bound up and we pray over them and they stuff, stuff starts coming out of them. And there's a whole Christian world out there that says, oh, no, a Christian cannot have any... And I'm not necessarily talking about demonic possession because there are levels. I'm not talking possession. Before you get to the level of total possession, I mean, first there's an influence. You can have a demonic influence. You can have a demonic influence over your life because of things, because of open doors. And what are open doors? Disobedience, sin, bad attitudes, uh, false doctrine, wrong thinking. Stinking thinking because, you know, those flies, they love stinking thinking. Because they're the, 
He's the Lord of the dunghill. Flies love poop. Stinking thinking is going to attract evil spirits. Spirit of poverty. Poverty is a mindset and a spirit. Fear is a mindset and a spirit. If you have fearful thoughts, you open the door to the spirit of fear. It all begins in the, the realm of the mind. The strongholds that can begin in the realm of the mind. That's why you have to cast down every imagination and every thing, every high thing, every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Any kind of thought, thought any thinking that is contrary to Scripture. And if you allow those thoughts, then you can open the door to influence. The influence can turn into depression. Depression is a spirit. The spirit of Bible calls it a spirit of heaviness. Depression. Then it could be oppression. People are oppressed. Then it could be obsession. Obsession is like an addiction. You're literally driven by a spirit. That's why people come, Pastor, I can't help myself. I just keep going back. I keep going back to the, doing the same thing I don't want to do. What does that mean? You're obsessed. You're now actually under an influence of a spirit that's literally controlling you and driving you. And then it could be all the way to possession. Can a Christian be fully possessed? It's going to take a lot for them to get there. Probably they're going to have to end up losing their salvation. The Spirit of God is going to probably have to leave. But that's just a level that's totally, 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 I think it's, it's just the extreme. It can happen. I mean, look at Judas. The Bible says Satan entered his heart. Now, was he born again? No, he wasn't necessarily born again under the New Testament. So if a Christian is born again and the Spirit of God lives in them, it's not possible for a demon spirit and the Holy Spirit to be in their spirit. So the Spirit of God would have to depart from that person and God would have to just completely remove his hand and call that person a reprobate. Now, what, it, what, what does it take for a Christian to go to the point of becoming a retrobate, reprobate. It's, not, it's something very, very extreme. And it'd have to be just a long time of just completely yielding themselves and just basically coming to the point of just basically denying Jesus, in a sense. And the Bible does warn about that in Hebrews chapter 6, that those that have tasted the good word of God, the heavenly gift, powers of the world to come to continue in a life of sin willingly like willfully then bible says it's impossible to restore them to repentance because they have crossed the line but that's just something that happens over over time to the point where just somebody willfully just commit you know yields themselves to a sinful lifestyle of the extreme kind and then to where now they're completely and the blood of Jesus will no longer work for them. They're just cut off from grace. Their, their name is blotted out from the Lamb's Book of Life. And it can happen. And it does happen. So you don't ever want to find yourself to get into that place where you become a reprobate. 
and Romans 1 warns about those given over to reprobate mind, and that really is happening now with the whole LGBTQ, wicked, demonic doctrine that's come in and infiltrated the church, and I believe it's going to lead many to become reprobates. Preachers that embrace it will become reprobates. Because that is willfully, will, that's like, that's willfully, that, that just, that, that person, I mean, if you just lose the fear of God altogether, you can become a reprobate. Because now you are literally, not only are you seduced by spirits, deceiving spirits where you've received doctrines of devils, now you're actually teaching doctrines of devils. And if you become a teacher of doctrines of devils, there's double judgment. Because that's what Jesus said to the Pharisees. You make your disciples twice the children of hell that you are. Because not only are you responsible now for yourself, but you're responsible for those you've led into deception. And what did Jesus say? For those that lead children into deception, it's better for them to have a millstone hung around their neck and thrown into the sea. So there will be people that will suffer. And it's a part of the last days falling away, the great apostasy, that many that will fall from the faith, depart from the truth, and it's happening. And there will be Christians who started out right who will end up going to hell because they've become reprobates. And I mean, I don't believe anybody starts out in the ministry saying, you know, I'm going to start out in the ministry and I'm, one day I'm going to go to hell. Nobody starts out in the ministry to be that evil, but it happens over time if you don't protect yourself and the devil is very cunning and the poisonous snakes that come in and the scorpions that come in and the walls that come in to infiltrate the church. And I truly believe that there are people on the payroll of the globalists that are in the church world. Agents that are paid to deceive the church and lead the church into destruction and division, operating by evil spirits. We have to be so discerning in these days. And it always starts subtly, if you notice. Little here, little there, little here, little there. And then you watch them. You watch where they come to. You know. And I've had somebody come to me, Pastor. Somebody said, am I a reprobate? I said, the fact that you're asking me that question tells me that you're not. Because you still have a conscience. Because a reprobate is like someone who has their conscience seared to where they don't even care anymore. They have no conviction remaining whatsoever. Again, those are extreme cases, but it can happen. But it does tell you nobody, nobody is beyond that. If you let yourself go and you get in yourself into all kinds of wicked things, you can come into a place where you can be totally under demonic influence. Your mind can be taken over. Your spirit may not, but your soul can be taken over. That's what addiction is, really. Addiction. Your body... And then the spirit of infirmity the Bible talks about, that attacks 
physical bodies, spirit of infirmity. There was a woman that was bound for 18 years by a spirit of infirmity. The Bible says that she was just hunched over like this, and there was nothing, literally, I mean, if you think about it, there was nothing physically wrong with her in the sense that it was not some kind of deformity. It was not some kind of genetic disease or whatever it was. It was a spirit of infirmity, and the woman was bound. Jesus said it was a bound by a spirit of infirmity. And Jesus said, woman, you are loosed. And she was straight up. So there was nothing physically wrong with her. It was a spirit that contorted her body, basically, just bound her body like this. So the moment the spirit left, the woman was fine. So sometimes as you minister to somebody to pray for healing, you'll pick up in the Holy Spirit that it's a spirit you have to deal with. And you have to take authority over that spirit of infirmity. You foul spirit of infirmity. Cancer is a spirit. You foul spirit of death and cancer. I adjure you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I take authority over you right now. I command you to loose this person and leave them right now in the name of Jesus. And I send the fire of the Holy Ghost to burn out every trace of cancer from your body in the name of Jesus. Be totally healed and made whole. You drive out the spirit, but then there is healing needed because of the destructive power of that, what that spirit has done in the body. COVID was, was not, and I guess still is not, is not just a virus, it's a spirit. It's a weapon. It's a spirit. Because there is a spirit behind it. So let me begin to tell you um, some things. Okay, um, so let's finish Ephesians 2. Verse 3, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as they are. So you can see what rules over the flesh, the lusts of the flesh, the desires of the flesh, and of the unrenewed mind, the carnal mind. So if a Christian doesn't renew his or her mind, and crucify the lusts of the flesh and stop fulfilling the desires of the flesh will come under the influence of that power. The prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now rules the sons of disobedience. That's why you cannot tolerate flesh in your life. You cannot tolerate the flesh. Don't make light of it. The flesh will take you to a place you don't want to go if you allow it to rule your life. But thank God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What is that? That's the highest position of authority. There's no place higher than being seated with Christ. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Just as the Father sent me, I send you in my name. Go and then you cast out demons. You command demons to leave. What is it to cast out demons? Drive them out. 
command them to leave. That's what it means to cast out a demon. I command you in the name of Jesus, leave now. Okay? So we operate from this position of authority, being jointly seated together with Christ, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere. So we're... Where are these demons? In the first heaven. Where is Jesus? In the third heaven. Where are we seated? In the third heaven. Our spiritual positioning is from the third heaven. We come from a place of higher authority. That's why we can easily deal with demon spirits and cast them out. They have to obey us because we're operating from a higher authority. Do they have authority? Yes. But we have a higher authority. So don't give evil spirits and authority over your life. Amen. Now, there are seven areas of demonic power that we need to recognize. Seven areas of demonic power. The first area is the world of false religion, apostate religion. False religion. Behind every false religion, there is a spirit. These are higher ranking spirits. We can call them, I guess, powers or principalities. They're evil spirits that rule over every false religion. It's not just a belief system. It's doctrines of demons. False religions teach false teachings. And false teachings are not just false ideologies or false ideas. They come from demonic spirits because they are doctrines of devils. Any doctrine. That's why Paul said, if an, any man or an angel brings you another gospel, anathema, double curse so that's how people come under curses by believing in false doctrine they come under a curse by believing false religions they come under a curse a lot of people travel and go places on vacation as a tourist they go to different countries and they buy so-called souvenirs they bring them home. And they don't realize that these are idols dedicated to evil spirits. And they bring demon spirits into their home by bringing those things into their home. Some of y'all might need to go and clean some things out from your house. Because that, that carved thing from Africa is actually a, a totem or, a, or it's actually an idol. I see people uh, all the time. I see people. I actually warned a few Christians that come to this church. They were wearing the evil eye. The Turkish Middle Eastern evil eye. They just think it's some kind of a little, you know, uh, what a jewelry or something they picked up somewhere. No. You better be very, very careful with the stuff you wear. Amen. Don't put it on your body. That's why also the, the, the Bible warns against 
marking your body with tattoos. Now, if you got some before you were a Christian, that's great. That's fine. You cleanse. But don't get tattoos. Don't go out and getting tattoos, piercing your body because you're actually sowing into the flesh. You're trying to embellish the flesh. The Bible says don't embellish your flesh. Amen. Your adornment should be not of the flesh, but of, a, of, of your spirit. So, and, and, if, and, and do you realize getting tattoos has become mainstream? Like when I was in high school, college, it was always like some dark, dirty alley. And it was like if people had tattoos, they were usually like some really bad people. And, and then it just kind of has become mainstream. Now you can go to the mall and get a tattoo. Have you noticed the proliferation of tattooing has become mainstream. That's a sign of the end of the age. So watch out. Be careful about tattooing and all these piercings and stuff. Because, you know, it always starts with one. But have you noticed that the flesh wants more and more? And it literally becomes an addiction. They can't stop piercing themselves to the point where now there's literally people out there changing their bodies to, to look like literally like weird creatures. There's a man that's gone through, I heard like 100 different uh, uh, plastic surgeries to make himself look like a lizard. You can't even like, it's like disgusting. Like, and even has his tongue like split in two and stuff and it's happening. People are starting to look really weird. What is that? It's he's actually possessed by a demon, and that demon is now literally becoming physically evident. If you were, able, if you were to be able to see into the realm of the spirit by, by the gift of discerning of spirits, you'd probably see that same creature in him. Now he's starting to actually look like him on the outside, what it looks like on the inside. So be careful about these things. Bodily piercings and tattooing and stuff the bible actually in the old testament said for people not to mark their flesh with ink and carvings and things like that because that's actually what the canaanites and all the other people that worshiped the de different demon gods and false religions and idols around israel did and god wanted israel to be different so what's with all these christians going out and look trying to look like the world Be careful about these things. We are not to be like the world. Well, it's a fad in the world. You're a Christian. Why are you following worldly fads then? I want to be cool. Jesus didn't say be cool. Be hot. Be on fire with the Holy Ghost. No, I'm, I have to warn you. I know people think I'm religious for saying this. No, I'm not being religious for saying this. I'm warning you. Will you go to hell if you get a tattoo? I didn't say that either. Will you go to hell if you drink a, you know, a glass of wine? No. But you can end up opening a door that can lead to something else. Because nothing ever starts out with big addiction. You talk to anybody with an addiction, it always started out with the first time. And you get hooked. The enemy gets a hook in your flesh, and that's why you don't want that. And then spirits will come and try to drive you into an addiction and, and control your mind and your emotions and your will. And then next thing you know, now you're, an, you're addicted. 
you're in a world of hurt and pain and suffering and darkness. If anybody's been in addiction, they will tell you that. Yes, no? Who's been here delivered from an addiction? Okay. So you know what I'm talking about. You don't want to go to that dark place you once were at. It was a dark place, wasn't it? And there were spirits involved. But it didn't start out with a spirit. It started out with, an, with a fleshly desire that was given into. And what, that's what James says. Sin, when it, it's fully, you know, it always starts out with a desire. It always starts out with a thought, a temptation, right? But eventually when the sin gives birth, then it becomes death. So, you, and, and by the way, just because you're being tempted doesn't mean you are in sin. Temptation will come to everyone. Even Jesus was tempted. But he was without sin. So when temptation comes, you have to take authority over it ASAP. Don't tolerate any temptation. Because the more you feed into that temptation, the more powerful that temptation becomes and the more power it gains over you. So the world of apostate religion, false religion, is a, is a demonic activity. The world of business. The world of business. There's, it is a very, very, very dangerous place. That's why we have Kingdom Business Fellowship here. Teach people to do business God's way. Because the world of business... And there's all these scams that come. You need to... Listen... Christians can be very gullible sometimes. And all these different investment scams that come through the church, they blow through every 10 years, the same thing comes around. Uh, the investing in the Iraqi dinar and investing in this. And uh, I got oceanfront property in Arizona. <laughs> Be careful. Don't give in to this get-rich-quick schemes. Many people get taken by these things. And these things come through like winds and fads. Be careful. Be discerning. Pray. Research. Ask me. I've had to ban some people from the church because they're in the parking lot scamming my people. You're not going to come around with that stuff here. We have to protect our people. I heard the Iraqi dinar things going around again. That was happening like 20 years ago. What? Did somebody get into it or what? Watch out for Ponzi schemes, pyramid schemes. Watch out for investment scams. Watch out for these things. And sometimes, you know, you know and, and yeah, we preach prosperity, but not at the risk of being sucked into scams. Right. Hallelujah. The world of business, very dangerous. You better have the spirit of God and you better do things the right way. The greed that rules the business world, the, 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 the greed, the spirit of mammon. Dangerous territory you step into. You better have the spirit of God. 
the world of politics. How do you know a politician is lying? Their lips are moving. And most of them are on the payroll of the globalists, some other power broken behind the scenes. You don't know them, you don't know their names. These are just usually pawns. There are other powers be behind them. I mean, you know, and the whole mainstream media is a part of it as well. I mean, and then, you know, you get the, the Forbes list of the richest people in the world and stuff, and Elon Musk, I don't know whatever they could say, that, and then it goes back and forth, Carlos Slim, and, and, and this, and then it was a Warren Buffett at some time, and then, and then Bill Gates, and it was like 100 billion, it was 50 billion, 100, 150 billion. It's all lies. The Rothschild family is worth 5 trillion. Five trillion. But the, you, know, you never hear their name because they're they behind the scenes. They don't want their works to be known. And it's possible they actually control 80 to 90% of the world's wealth and money supply. It's because they're all in the banking. They, that's how it got in through the banking. Central banks... But, you know, you don't hear about them. They, they're never talked about. And then some other guy is a pauper <laughs> compared to them, the world's richest man. No, he ain't. Elon Musk, he's worth $150 billion. These guys make $150 billion in a, in a month. What, it, what took him his whole life to get, these guys make it in a month. And they uh, control the diamond mines, the gold. They control the money. They control all these other things. So it's, and then they control politicians. And so, the, and there's even a lot of Christians that want to get into politics to make a difference. They get in and they find out what really is going, what really goes on. Somebody shows up with a suit, uh, you know, with a briefcase or a suitcase of money. And then people have to sell their soul to the devil. And then, you know, I, I want to put in there also, um, and then the world of crime. It's a demonic operation. And the world of the occult. And when I say the world of the occult, I'm going to have to put entertainment in there now. Yeah. Movies, entertainment, and music. Your Disney's and Nickelodeons, they're all part of the occult. It's occult practice, actually. Much of the music is really occult practice. You look at some of these music videos, they're just occult rituals. Look at the NFL halftime show, shows. They're occult rituals. Look at, the, look at the Olympics opening ceremonies. Full-blown occult. Look at the Grammys and whatever it was recently. It was like... Full-blown occult. Occult rituals, and people think it's some entertainment, and it's actually occult rituals. And people, people at these high levels practice occult. They're occult practitioners. You have to be initiated into secret societies to rise up the ranks. If you, you want to make it in Hollywood, even the word Hollywood, the whole History of Hollywood is actually occult, and you want to climb up the ranks and become a movie star, you have to basically sell your soul to the devil, and very few Christians can make it. Look at this movie now that came out with um, 
uh, Sound of Freedom. They're trying to block it. They're trying to do all kinds of things. People go to the movie theaters. They say it's sold out, and they walk in. There's only five people in there. They shut the ACs down. So people, you know, it, it's, it, they're trying to stop because it's all about child trafficking and the pedophilia and Hollywood and, and, and politics and D.C., Washington, D.C., full of pedophiles. It is wicked to the core, demonic, 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 demonic operations. And it's very sick to even hear. It's even, it's even for an average person, they can't stomach, stomach what these people do. If I begin to speak about what these people do, people go, no, I don't want to hear it. Because you know why? Because your common person just cusses and drinks and your common sinner, but they cannot even fathom that people can actually gather in a secret society, sacrifice babies and children, drink their blood, but they're Harvard and Yale graduates. They wear suit and tie, and they're in politics. They run corporations. They're on television, and everybody thinks that they're these great people, but they are wicked to the core. They're Luciferians, occult practitioners. So, and because of what we're dealing with, and, and, and people are, children are being demonized at a, even a younger age now. Because they're getting into drugs, alcohol, sex, even at very, very young age now. And they're being indoctrinated in schools with wicked filth, unclean. That's why you, you got to get pull kids out of public school and homeschool them. That's why we're working on having a school. And even so-called Christian schools. Ugh. You got teachers that are not even saved. And because of what happened recently, especially after COVID, a lot of Christian schools got filled with non-Christian kids because p- p- parents were just would not even go to church. Just they thought that you know I got to put my Christian in, uh, in my uh, kid in a private school, a Christian school, charter school, or whatever. So you know you got unsaved kids, and the schools aren't aren't even trying to get them saved. You got Christian schools that are celebrating Halloween, which is wicked, which is evil. It's occult. And because of all these things, we are dealing with very high levels of demonic activity all around us. And we're dealing with a lot of people that are oppressed, possessed, depressed, under the influence. So casting out demons is, is going to be a major part of our ministry of the church from this. I mean, it already is, but from here on out, it, it's going to be even more because demonic possession is going to become mainstream. It's not going to be just that oddball that is... Tied by chains, cutting himself. Ah, crazy man. It's going to be mainstream. We literally have been casting spirits out of children. As young as four, five, six years old in kids' church. They come, they start manifesting in worship. Ah, and they're literally casting spirits out of these kids. Who knows where they got it from? Who knows what's going on in their homes, in the schools, in their communities? You know, it's really bad. So this is not the figment of some, my imagination, and I'm not making stuff up. This is very real. The world of occult, it's everywhere. It's in schools, it's in books, it's everywhere. Harry Potter movies, you got, I got, we're dealing with Christian families, kids are reading Harry Potter. 
You need to be careful about your kids and TikTok and social media. Kids with seven, eight, nine years old, they're on their phone, they're on their iPad. The parents don't even know what's going on. You better know what your kids are watching. You better don't tolerate that stuff. We got youth that are so bound up because they're on TikTok all the time. I heard that one of the youth was literally watching a channel on TikTok that's teaching occult and, and magic and, and sorcery. You got to be careful, guys. There's whole channels on TikTok that literally teaching kids how to practice white magic. There ain't no white magic. It's all demonic. There's no white witch, black witch. Witch is a witch from the pit of hell full of the devil. And I wouldn't... And I'm not so sure some so-called people operating the prophetic are actually witches and warlocks. There's a so-called person in the prophetic that everybody thinks is a great prophet. The guy is a member of the Knights of Malta. Which is a part of the whole system that comes through with the with the catholic church and the whole knights and the templar i mean what the heck what is a christian minister doing becoming ordained as a knights of malta study all that out you'll find out what i'm talking about i know a lot of stuff i study all the time i'm not stupid i study history i watch i research i pray Pray in tongues and I research and I'm always watching and, and checking things out. We need to have more discernment. World of disease. Oh yes. And to that I should add medication. Big pharma. A lot of that stuff. And food. It's just designed to kill. If I even begin to tell you what's in the food. What's in the medication? What's in the drugs? What's in the vaccines? And all behind, it's all behind eugenics. Study out what eugenics is. It's population reduction. And these people, these Luciferians, they come out and say, too many people in the world, population is growing too much, we need to reduce the population. The only person... The only entity, the only being that would want to reduce the population is the devil. Satan wants to kill people, reduce the world's population to 500 million slaves in their mind, in their agenda, in their doctrine. And of course, stop human reproduction, which is what the LGBTQ agenda and abortion is about. So the same people that go with, along with the LGBTQ plus whatever, how many letters they have now. And, and abortion is the same people, yeah. same spirit. Yeah. Same spirit that cast children to fire and offered it to Moloch. Abortion is a demonic agenda. So is the whole pride month and the, the gay agenda. 
And the word gay used to mean happy. Now it means something else. And the rainbow was God's blessing, sign of the covenant. Now it means something else. It's all twisted. That's exactly what the enemy does. He takes what God has created and he twists it. There's nothing original that comes from him. He's not a creator. He's a copycat. The world of disease. And then the world of morals or immorality. Every kind of immorality. And, and, and most here will have to deal with that. Most, most people that we have to do deliverance on here, it's usually either from some occult influence or some disease or some uh, immorality. And then, of course, sometimes we do get apostate religion, false religion. People that have been in cults. We've actually, I've actually dealt with people that were in cult, occult rituals, even as children, molested in occult rituals as a part of sexual occult rituals. I mean, crazy stuff you hear, like, what? I thought that only happened in movies. It happens in real life. And so we deal with a lot of different things, and we as the church... We have to be equipped and we have to be mindful of these things and we have to understand that there is a ministry of casting out evil spirits, casting out demon spirits. It's very real. Amen. Amen. And the churches don't even practice that anymore. Now, I dealt with stuff this morning. I call people being tormented and I call people that have perverse thoughts and lustful. These are all spirits that are trying to attach themselves to people, tormenting them, oppressing them, and you have to break them. By the power of the name of Jesus, by the authority of the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to deal with these things. But you, in your personal life, you have to shut every door. You have to close every door. You cannot allow pride, envy, jealousy, bitterness, offenses, attitudes, because these are, these are not to be played with. Don't play with these things. You can't play with fire and not get burned. Don't take these things lightly. I watch Christians take these things very lightly here in America. I'm just offended. I'm going to go to another church. You don't realize what door you're opening. Be careful. Watch yourself. Bible tells us be sober and vigilant. Be watchful. Your enemy, the devil, is going around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We have to be sober and vigilant. We have to be very careful of the things we meditate on, movies we watch, music we listen to, people we get around, who speaks, who does what. Probably one of the biggest sins that's un not dealt with in the church world is gossip. We have to draw a strict line and set boundaries with gossip. Gossip is evil. Tail-bearing, spreading slander, lies, passing information about people. Gossip, it's probably one of, the, one of the, it's probably the biggest sin in the church world that's not dealt with is gossip. And the book of Proverbs calls people that... Um, Participating gossip, abjects. 
So don't tolerate any gossip. Don't listen to any gossip. If anybody comes to talk to you about somebody else, you stop them immediately. Excuse me. You're talking to me about somebody else right now. Have you talked to that person? No, I haven't. Well, why are you talking about that person to me? I don't see that person here. Don't participate in it because it'll bring in a spirit of strife and division. Don't tolerate slander, gossip. Don't allow anybody to talk to you about somebody else. And don't talk about other people. And don't say about anybody that you wouldn't say to their face. And the Bible says if somebody offends you or you go talk to that person, you don't go talk about that person. And these things, gossip, strife, it brings demonic operation into the church. And the enemy comes in through that to wreak havoc, to divide people, to separate even the closest of friends. Be watchful. Protect your mouth. If you've been responsible, if you've been a part of it, you need to repent from gossiping. Speaking negatively about a man or a woman of God, a pastor or leader, about another brother or sister. Amen. I had a lady come to me way years, years ago in Istanbul. Pastor, I'm just so tired. What? Everybody's gossiping about me. I'm just so tired of it. And I said, sister, I love you, but I'm going to have to tell you the truth. You are the biggest gossiper in this church. You reap what you sow. You want people to stop talking about you? You need to stop talking about other people. You need to zip that lip. Loose lips sink ships. And I speak as a man who's been slandered in multiple languages. And has had websites and YouTube channels and YouTube videos made about him. But you, you can't focus on that. You, keep, you focus on the Lord. Ignore the the riffraff, but it's destructive. You would hope that people would stop it. Amen. Is this helping anybody here tonight? Pastor, I thought you were talking about casting out devils. Well, we got to cast out the gossip devil for sure. We should have a zero to gossip tolerance policy here. Yes. Amen. Amen. It's just too easy. People just are too loose with their tongue. And it doesn't, it always starts small, but it, it, then it turns into something big. Be careful. Watch yourself. The tongue is a small part of the body but it can set a world on fire and the book of James warns about the tongue no man can tame the tongue the only way to tame the tongue is by the Holy Ghost you better pray in tongues and speak the word 
And you can't have the same, you can't have bitter waters and sweet waters flow out of the same tongue. You can't bless God with the same tongue that you curse other people with. Amen. Hallelujah. So, be sober, be vigilant. Don't tolerate demonic operation in your life. Take authority over it. And then when you are dealing with spirits, and many times, you know, it's not... Remember, you're not dealing with people. You're dealing with spirits. You need to take authority over the spirit you're dealing with. Amen. Amen. And unfortunately, many people just end up being used by spirits and don't realize it. And they're not really your enemies. You bless them, but you, take, you deal with the spirit behind it. You're usually dealing with a spirit. Amen. I take authority over that spirit. I command you to loose and let that person go. And when you begin to see what's going on behind the scenes, it makes it easier to deal with people because you... why get angry with people? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. They're just being used of the devil right now. They don't even realize it. They're in ignorance. So you pray for them, for God to really open their eyes and to see what they're doing and that they get convicted and God will help them. You bless them with conviction. You bless them with repentance. You bless them that God, because you don't want them to be destroyed. Rejoice not with evil. Love does not rejoice with evil. Love does not rejoice. Love if you truly walk in love, remember when Job prayed for his friends, that's when God restored him. So you start praying for people, praying that instead of getting angry with them, just realize who the real enemy is. Because the enemy will try to turn people into enemy, but it's really, they're not really your enemy. It's the devil and the demonic spirits are your enemies. And many times people are being used by the enemy and they don't even realize it. So don't get upset with them. Sometimes they're just ignorant. Pray that God would open the eyes of their understanding so that they, they wake up and they realize what's happening. So that they can get set free because you want them to be free. If you're walking in love, you really want those people to be free. Because that could be you. Amen. Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody here tonight? Hallelujah. So walk in your authority, deal with the spirits. Don't allow the spirits to come into your home, divide your marriage, to attack your children, come against you. You need to stand your ground and take authority over them in the name of Jesus. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.